Welcome to the Overdrive Outdoors podcast. Your source for everything outdoors. Let's kick it into overdrive. Overdrive Outdoors podcast brought to you by Predator Hunter Outdoors. Whether you are new to predator hunting or looking to upgrade your equipment, Predator Hunter Outdoors will have you hunting after the sun goes down. Carrying a full line of lights, night vision, and thermal optics, along with tripods, calls, mounting systems, and more, check them out at www.predatorhunteroutdoors.com or on Facebook at Predator Hunter Outdoors. Use promo code OVERDRIVE2021 for 20% off your order. Want to lengthen your time in the field and shorten your scouting time? Not only does the HuntWise app show you property boundaries, landowners' names, and in some cases even their phone number, but using the app will show you the wind direction on the map of the place you want to hunt. And the HuntCast feature shows peak movement times for various species, including predators. Get the HuntWise app at www.huntwise.com, the Google Play Store, or the Apple App Store. For only $59.99 a year for Pro or $119.99 a year for Elite. Use promo code OVERDRIVE20 for 20% off an annual membership. Hey everybody, Mm -hmm. Kevin here with Overdrive Outdoors. And on this week's podcast episode, we have a special guest all the way from the UK, Mr. Jason Jones. How are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. How's the weather in the UK today? Um, actually, today it's sunny, which makes a real difference for the UK because normally it rains. Um, but yeah, we get we get you know it's sunny and warm, so it's twenty two degrees centigrade. But I know you don't use our silly measurements, but it's quite warm for us. But we get really rubbish summers now. Yeah, today it rains every day. Today it's sunny, and I think it's probably hitting seventy something Fahrenheit here today. Yeah. Nice, if only. I'd love, I'd love traveling like that. I was out hunting last night, and I think it dropped down into the low 50s, and we had a little bit of fog by the time I got done, about 3 a.m., but it was actually really comfortable, clear skies, and I like that temperature myself. I, I don't like heat. I like temperate, cool. Yeah, well, we have we have the sort of problem here where in the winter, it's really cold, sort of minus three, minus four. And it gets dark really early, so it might get dark at 4 p.m. But now we're in the summer, it gets dark at 10.30 at night, mm. so you don't go out until 10.30 at night, so it makes it very long nights, right. very long. <laughs> I think last night I went out and I got back in about 2 a.m. Um, just to go and shoot two foxes. Really? You know, There's a lot of sitting around uh, waiting. Mm-hmm. So you know I mean? let's, get right, let's get right into that. So you're... We were talking no. a little bit before we started recording, and you primarily just hunt fox. Yeah, I'm I'm a dedicated fox shooter. Um, I have got access to deer. I have got access to rabbits and all that sort of thing, but I'm not particularly interested in those. Um, I literally set up completely to shoot foxes, and I probably shoot 500 a year. Wow. Maybe more. But that's yeah. the only, that's the only predator you guys have over there, isn't it? Yeah, we've got nothing here that's going to eat you. 
<laughs> I'll kill you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that they're our apex predator. Um, so that's it. So yeah, I mean we have badgers here, which is a predator, I suppose. But they're they're a protected species. You can't shoot them. Okay. How uh, how big really, would you say your average box is over there? Um, size of a Labrador. Seriously? They can get as big. Yeah, you can get them as big as a. Okay, maybe not quite so big as a Labrador, but um, yeah, size of maybe a cocker spaniel or something like that. Okay. If you're looking at dog sizes. I'd say yeah, ours. I mean, ours over here. We have two species primarily in Michigan. We have the reds and the grays. Um, both of them are roughly the size of a house cat. No, that, ours are a lot bigger. A lot bigger. And um, we only have one species, which is red fox. I think I seen a picture from somebody over there that shot a red fox at one point that weighed about 40 pounds. Yeah, they can get really big because there's nothing that will predate them. Sure. So they can just, and we have a lot of um, urban foxes. So they go around and eat McDonald's and KFC and trash beans. <laughs> no wonder and, they're so big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they love a bit of a fast food as the old urban fox. Um <laughs> But really, they'll you know they'll predate on anything. They'll eat lambs and uh, young nesting birds and that sort of stuff. So they've got quite a good food source here, and they they well, they wander around without a care in the world because nothing can attack them. Now, so, you know, do you do top this? Of the food chain. Do you do this as um? I mean, do you do it as a business, helping people out, or is it strictly no. like voluntary, just something you like to do? I just do it purely for the fun of shooting them in the face. Um, <laughs> no, I've got, I've probably got 20,000 acres wow. across six or seven farms where we go and they're sheep farmers or whatever. And we just go there and, you know, shoot foxes and do some long range stuff. Um, and just sort of look after the permissions really do what the farmers want to do. We do take deer off. We've got, Chinese water deer, which you've probably seen on the ATN page, those fluffy looking teddy bear things with fangs. Right. Uh, we've got those. Um, but I, do, I tend not to shoot them because they're not really, you can't really eat them. And I don't think you should shoot stuff you don't eat. Okay, I don't want to eat a fox. But, <laughs> I was going to say, do you um, eat fox? <laughs> told, I'm told people do. They used to many, many years ago. Apparently they soak them in milk or something. I don't know. Josh, I'm not about to try. Josh tried it once. Um, and he oh, said he, that once was enough for him. <laughs> no, he's brave. Uh, I won't be doing that. Um, yeah, so so me really 95% fox shooting, the other 5% deer. I mean, we've got seven species of deer here, some little deer up to red stags. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we've got plenty of those going around but it's not something i'm really interested in i mean if somebody wants one for the freezer or something i'll, I'll go and shoot one but i'm quite happy to sit and let them walk by because they're not doing any harm right um some people here purely hunt deer that's all they do mm -hmm. you know it's it's what you prefer isn't it it's what what you enjoy right. doing right so what like, what yeah. methods do you use for fox over there uh, for example is it nighttime only or do you do daytime as well um Last year, I probably shot about 500 deer, uh, sorry, deer, foxes, and probably 10 of those were daytime. Okay, so primarily it's night. Mostly, yeah, it's mostly night hunting, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's just, you know, either driving around on the back of a truck, uh, 
just bumping into them or it is using bait stations so you fill a bait station up with you know dog food or something like that or something else that you've shot and then sitting snipering them really ambush so that um, that was gonna be my next question is what are your methods do you call do you um i don't know i mean i've got i've got everything that everybody's got you know you've got hand calls you've got mouth calls you've got electronic calls you know what it's like when you're shooting those sort of guys one guy will react to it and the other one will just go and walk off mm-hmm. there's no real method to the madness um i suppose it's it's quite seasonal because we see we shoot them all year round so there's no seasons for us on foxes it's open season um you know when they've got cubs they're really hungry and they'll cut they'll happily charge into a uh, a call of some description um and when they've not got cubs and they're just you know they're not dependent on feeding cubs they, they they can just completely ignore you some people find it really successful with electronic callers i've never found it that way um it's just luck of the draw really we just we just learn to shoot them further okay um you know, I mean, we're quite lucky with the kit that we use, aren't we? That you can put ABLs on them and shoot them at ridiculous distances. Right. <laughs> it's cheating, um, you know. But normally, you'll we'll take a fox normally between 150 and 250, but I do shoot them out to 400 um, if the conditions are right. That's a small right. target, and for yeah, it's not a big thing, you know. But right. if you've got an accurate rifle and you're confident in it, then um, it's not really an issue. In the, in the old days, before we had all this fancy night vision stuff, it was just with red lamps. Mm-hmm. You're on the back of a truck with a red lamp, and you know that was a real skill, not spooking the fox and everything. But now they just don't know you're there. It's right. you know you can just sit and wait. And um, uh, do you have to buy a license to hunt them there? Nope, not at all. Really? We, ha- we don't have any licenses. We don't have any quotas. Um, the biggest problem for us is getting permission to go and shoot on land because it's not like in the US you have uh, you have open land that anybody can go and hunt on right yeah well we don't have any of that and if you get caught on somebody else's land it's armed trespass and that's jail so you have to know somebody that owns a farm and you get most of the what we call permissions or basically permission to hunt on that land by knowing somebody. Okay. Uh, you know, you know the farmer. It's like I've got 20,000 acres probably across 35 miles, but, but I've gained all of those because the farmer that I've been shooting on knows another farmer and it's all, sure. it's all word of know, mouth. It's who you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then the problem then becomes you get too much land. And you can't get around it all. So it's chicken and egg, right? You know, we all want more land to hunt on. But if you've got all this land and you never go there, there's hundreds of people wanting to get on your land. So it's trying to keep it a balance where you've got enough land. But I've got enough for me and obviously, you know, Scott, Mm -hmm. um, for us to go around them all. And we go out probably two or three times a week, um, depending on the weather. I'm a fair weather hunter. I don't do rain. <laughs> I don't blame you. Not at all. <laughs> I don't do rain. Um, so, yeah, we'll go out most Fridays, Saturdays, maybe on a Monday or something. Um, 
this time of year is not quite so easy because it's so late because you've got to get up and go to work the next day. Yep. But if you're out till, you know, three in the morning and you've got to get up at seven to go to work, it isn't fun. In the winter months, you know, you can go out at four, shoot a couple of foxes and be home by seven o'clock. Right. You know, but you're freezing to death. You know, we wear heated clothing. You know, it's it can get really cold here. It's not like minus 20, but when you're still on the back of a truck and the wind chill and everything, it's horrible. So sometimes I think, why do I do it? But I can't think of anything else I wouldn't want to do, really. The terrain, that, the terrain that you're hunting over there, would you describe it as more open or do you have? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the permissions that I shoot on off are sheep farms. So it's, you know, green fields, lots of sheep in them. Um, I've got a couple, which is wooded areas and stuff. But when you're fox hunting, you want to see them at 300 yards away when you can't see them if they're in a wood. Right. You know, even though we've got all this thermal technology now, which really does help you, um, it's much more fun shooting them in, in big fields because you can just sit there. And we tend to shoot off the backs of trucks or a lot of the farmers that we shoot on They'll obviously produce haylage and straw and they put uh, stacks up, haystacks up. And we sit on top of the haystacks 40 foot up in the air. 40 foot up sort in the air? Looking over. Yeah, 40 foot up, yeah. Holy yeah. cow. <laughs> That's a toy. Yeah. I'll send you, next time I go up one, Kevin, I'll take you a picture and send you a picture of the hay. <laughs> you must have seen all the pictures that I post on the forum. I and it's I like just, you can see for miles. I guess I just and it's never like, it's because I'm that up high up. Yeah, yeah, we go really high. It's probably about, you know, the I don't know if we have them in the US, but we have little hay bales. Or we have the round ones yep. that are wrapped 15 high. So that's really high. And, you know, it's quite scary sometimes when you're up there. How do you get to the we top of We actually tether them? the guns. How do you uh, get to they, the they, they build them for us like Lego. So they'll, they're normally in a triangle, but they, they'll take... Um, they'll take the middle ones out every so often so that you've got like steps and you just climb up or we have uh, one guy, he's got a, a telehandler. So we just lift ourselves up on the telehandler and jump across another one. He's we've got ladders. So you climb up on ladders. Um, we even put hides on top of them. Really? You know? So you're in like a hide on top. Wow. So you got a bit of protection. Yeah. We do quite, quite silly thing. I'll send you some pictures. Yeah. Of the crazy things that we do. You know, it, but it's you, got, you know, it, when you're when you're 40 foot up and you can see three fields away, right? And when the average field is, I don't know, 500 yards wide, it really changes what you're doing because you can see them for a thousand yards away. Sure. No, no, not you know, maybe three, four hundred yards away. Mm -hmm. um, so That's yeah, it can be quite interesting. It's scary at night when it's wet, <laughs> icy, and you've got to come off. <laughs> and I did actually drop a gun off the top of one of them. And smashed oh. it into pieces. Oh, that's not. So now we, so now we have like, um, I don't know. You know the ground spikes you use for dogs when you're out your dogs and you ground yeah. spike your dog and put your lead to it. We put those into the haystacks and tether our rifles to them, because if it's dark and you turn and knock it off, you don't want your three thousand pound gun going downwards. Right. Yeah. That. That's uh, good idea. Stop me falling. But I like my rifle more than me, so um, <laughs> I'll be most upset. I, I destroyed a rifle doing that one. Well, you never shot straight again um but yeah it can be a bit hairy sometimes you know Definitely. that's something for a long time they did not let us do here in michigan is we could not shoot at night from an elevated platform 
and they just changed that this year to where you can shoot at they, night. They prefer, us to, hmm? they prefer us to do it because you're shooting down. Yeah, it's safer. Predominantly down, so it's safer. Right. That's why we couldn't understand their logic behind not wanting us to do that, but now we can. Um, For us, it's all about what they call backstop. So if you miss, where's the bullet going? Right. Well, if I'm 40 foot, up, 40 foot up in the air, firing down a you know a 30, 40 degree angle, that bullet's going nowhere. Right. You know. Um. So yeah. So um. Do you use what type of uh, hand calls do you use that you have there? Do you have the infamous fox whistle that you use? Oh, I don't know. I've probably got, well, I don't know. I've probably got 10 or 15. I've got a mouse one. I've got, you know, you know, the black one with the reed in the middle of it. Yeah. The infamous, you know, that one. Um, I've got like the, the, the duck type ones, you know, this like you try everything, don't you? You yeah. try everything. Desperation cuts in. <laughs> right. And you'll try anything. And normally, you know, you find one that kind of works and run with it. But, um, yeah, there's, there's one company over here that sort of distribute a lot of different sort of hand callers and tenterfield whistles and all that sort of stuff. But I don't know. I mean, I mean I'm not completely convinced, to be honest. Are there um, any like um, custom call makers over there that make their own? No, there's not hunting here. Okay. You know, we're a little island. You know, we're tiny. If you get in your car, you're never more than two hours from the sea. And if you want to drive from the top of the UK to the bottom of the UK, it's 11 hours that's it so we are tiny right so you know there's there's i don't know half a million hunters in the uk and a 60 million population or whatever it is now do so they we're, we're quite a minority do they still do the hound hunting with them over there no it's banned really yeah you're not allowed to you're allowed to uh you're not allowed to hunt with hounds you're allowed to, um, oh, what do they call it, scent trail. So you can follow the scent of a fox, but you're not allowed to let the hounds eat the fox. Okay. They still do because you can't stock a pack of 50 hounds right. when they're chasing a fox. But it's it's been illegal for years, but it still goes on. Okay. But it's just one of the, um, and I think that's quite brutal, to be honest. I don't think a, an animal should be chased for two or three hours and then ripped to pieces at the end of it. Right. I'd much rather, you know, it's it's standing at one second and it's lights out the next. I think you've got to be a bit respectful for what you're shooting. Sure. You know, it's not it's not fair to chase something for hours. Even though they are vermin and need to be eradicated, um, you've got to give them a little bit of respect, really. So um is it a high predation rate from fox over there? Like, you know, let's say you have a farm that has sheep farmed it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've I've shot foxes. Which we a lot of farms will lamb outside, so they don't lamb in sheds. And of course, when the ewe goes on the floor to give birth to its lamb, it's in a vulnerable situation. And I've seen foxes actually grabbing lambs when they're being born, mm-hmm. or they'll sit and wait for the ewe to give birth, and then they'll steam in and and take the take the fox. Yeah, or take the lamb. You know, and a, a lamb to a farmer is worth probably 120 US, something like that. Okay. You know, they're not, not you know, so if he loses one or two lambs a night and he's got a big, you know, flock of sheep, he can lose, you know, thousands of pounds a month. Right. 
um, especially if the lambs, especially if the sheep has got twins, they can't protect both. Right. And you see them sort of circling around. And if you look at some of the videos, you'll see us watching over sheep and you see the lambs, the sheep coming in. Uh, so the foxes coming in and, and basically pincering them off and taking them out. So uh, our busiest time of year is probably March, April, May when it's this lambing season. Mm hmm. You know, we'll, we'll go out and shoot 10, 15 foxes a week. Is there more. is there any fur market over there? I mean, do you guys do anything with the fur? No, no, no. We're all tree huggers here. We love fluffy animals. You can't <laughs> wear them. All tree huggers and vegans. That's what right. we are. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. Fur, fur, wearing fur and stuff was outlawed years ago. Oh, it's outlawed? You'd, you'd have paint thrown over. Oh, yeah, you'd have paint thrown over if you walk around in a fur coat. Okay because of all the tree huggers, um, you know, they don't understand what, you know, a fox will do to a, a, a shepherd's flock. It will just annihilate it. Right. You know, once they get the taste, they're back every night, you know, and we, I've got a couple of chicken farms as well. There's a chicken farm that I shoot on when he's got 25,000 free range chickens. I mean, you can imagine a fox getting in there. Oh yeah. You know, be a slaughter. Devastating. Yeah. It's a slaughter. Yeah. So, you know, th there is a reason why we do it. And that's to protect livestock. Yeah. How long have um, you been doing this? Oh, 10 years, maybe. I got into it quite strangely because my uh, my other half, she who must be obeyed, um, <laughs> she's, into, she's um, well, <laughs> we're all the same, right? Right, yeah. Um, she is a horse rider and she was at stables and stuff. And... Um, Obviously, on equine places, they want all rabbits killed because you don't want horses going down rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. So there was a guy that was going to the stables that was looking after doing the rabbit control there. And he was an absolute idiot. You know, he didn't respect horses and that sort of thing. He was just going out shooting wherever he could and not really respecting the horses. And I turned around to the, you know, some of the girls on the yard complained to the landowner and said, well, you know, this guy has spooked my horse. It's run through an electric tape, blah, 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 you know. And the guy said, well, who else am I going to get to do it? And I said, I'll do it. So I went out and just bought a, sub, you know, a, a, a silly little air rifle and started thinning out the bunnies. And then, of course, when you thin out the sensible ones, you've got to extend your distances. And I needed a firearm. And the landowner said, well, just get a firearm. I said, well, it's not that easy. He said, well, I'll sign the paperwork. And it kind of went from there. You know, just from messing about on a Sunday, shooting bunnies to being a full-time hobby. You know, I would never have thought of doing it. You know, um, so yeah, just stepped up from that, went to a rim fire, and then from a rim fire into a centre fire, and then just kept on going. Really, getting more land. So, what is that um, process for you guys over there? Do you get a firearm and the <laughs> firearm? Oh, the process! Oh my God, it's not like Walmart. I'm telling you now. Um, the first thing you need to do, you can you can get a firearm. One, if you're a in a member of a target club. So if you want to punch paper, you can do it, but you're only allowed to use that firearm in that target club that you're a member of, and it takes 18 visits before they will allow you to even start the application. And once you've started the application, it's up to a year for you to get your license. So from from a target perspective, it's probably about 18 months, maybe more. Um, 
The other way you can do it is you can have it for deer management or you can have it for vermin control. So you don't have to do this membership thing of a club. But again, it takes probably a year before they'll even consider you doing it. Two police interviews. Um, they come around and inspect your house. We have to have safes. We have limited numbers of ammunition. So I'm, I'm limited on how much ammunition I can hold. Um, that license is only valid for five years. You have to have medical checks, psychological checks and all that stuff. And then once you first apply for a firearm, they might say you can have a high powered air rifle or a rim fire or something else like that. They won't tend to give you a center fire straight away. Um, and we have a thing called a closed ticket whereby you're only allowed to shoot those firearms on the land that you applied for. So if you want to go and shoot at the neighbor's farm, you then have to go back to the police and ask them permission to shoot on that farm. And you have to go through all the paperwork checks for that farm and everything. And they sort of really, really restrict you for the first five years. And after five years, you get a thing called an open ticket, which means that you haven't killed anybody. So therefore, you're probably half sensible and they will then allow you to go into somebody else's land. So it's really, really restrictive. Um, when you apply for a license, it might say, I want a, I don't know, a high powered air rifle and a 2-2 rimfire, 2-2 LR. They then do a thing which is called opening a slot. So they'll send you a license that says you have permission to buy this gun and this gun, and that's it. And if at any point you want to change that gun because you've broken it or, you know, you want to upgrade it, you then have to dispose of that gun go back to the police and ask to have your slot reopened and they charge you money for this and it can take up to 18 months to get it to get another slot wow so you have to be careful what you buy because it's not like a shotgun where shotguns you can they'll let you buy and sell shotguns very easily rifles or you know um firearms they will not let you just buy and sell you have to sell it, prove you've sold it, then apply for another one, then go and buy another one and all that. So it's, you know, something as silly as I've fallen off my 40 foot haystack and bent my barrel could mean you're without a gun for a year. Wow. <clears throat> um, is there so a it's really, really. Is there a limit mm -hmm. on how many you can possess? Yeah, you, you have to have a reason for each caliber. So you can't just say, right, I want a 2.2, two, I want a 2.2.3, two, two, I want a 6.5, I want a 30 cal and all that. You have to say what you're going to use them for. So, for instance, a high powered air rifle would be for bunnies. A 2.2 rim fire would be for bunnies. A 17 HMR would be for extended range bunnies. Then you go 2.2.3 or 22.250 for foxes. And then we have a minimum caliber for deer, depending on the deer species. So if it's one of them little teddy bear things uh, called a Chinese water deer, that's 22 cal. So you can you shoot them with 223 or 22250. But if you're going up to like roe deer or you're going up to um, any of the other deer species, you need a minimum of 243. Um, they very rarely will hand out anything bigger than 6.5. You can get 308. We've got some hogs here now, boar. So they're becoming a little bit more. So you need uh, for boar, you need 30 cal. But there's only a couple of areas in the UK that have boar. Um, 
so it is really really restrictive but most things in the uk you can shoot with the 243 mm-hmm. we're not allowed semi semi-autos only in rim fire so only 22lr is allowed in rim fire uh, sorry uh, 22 rim fire is allowed in semi-auto Mm-hmm. So we're not allowed semi-auto 243s or 308s or anything like that. that was what about the 17s? You can get those in a bumper? No, no, you're not allowed them. Really? 22LR is the only thing allowed in semi-auto. You're not allowed pistols of any way, shape or form. Pistols are completely for target use only. And they make them ridiculous. So they give them an, an arm brace at the back and then they give them extended barrels. So they're over 24 inches. So you can't cons- steal them you're allowed black powder pistols if you're a member of a club um so it's really really restrictive here um, we had one shooting in a, in a in a town called dunblane where some idiot ran around and shot i don't know i think he shot four or five people and then overnight they just banned everything um yeah. and it's become harder and harder now you mentioned earlier you're um, limited in how much ammunition you can have too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, I can't go out. I'm allowed to possess. Let me see, 500 22 rimfire rounds, uh, 22 250 is 200, 6.5 is 200, 243 is 200. So you're limited to how much we can possess. When you buy them, you have to go to a firearms dealer and yeah, they you have to sign for them. Um, it goes on to your license so there's a record of what you've got and they've just started recording batch numbers and also when you acquire a new gun you have to send them a spent shell casing Mm -hmm. so they can you know uh, records make records of the of the you know the work who's got those guns and everything but of course all the criminals do all this they just you know the guns that yeah they, they obviously you know give everything in um but yeah it's really really restrictive but as much as i know there's the debate in the u.s at the moment about especially with that latest shooting we don't have anything like that here i couldn't tell you the last part time somebody went out and shot somebody okay you've got the the criminals that buy black market guns that come in from europe but a licensed firearms holder here i can lose my license for a speeding ticket wow i can my license if my other half says he threatened me or if anybody says they threatened they will take it away for any reason they can so you'll find that most firearms holders here are the most placid people on the planet because we've it's taken us 18 months to get there and it can take two seconds to leave it and once they take it off you you are never getting it back never so most of our firearms guys here are really quite sensible people because we don't want to lose our toys. Right. Um, you know, we, we, they won't get into an argument. They won't do anything, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, how can you lose a gun for uh, a speeding ticket? Right. And their, their justification in it is you're not a law-abiding citizen because you haven't followed the law. Mm-hmm. So they'll just take it off you. So it's good in a way because it means that we don't have the problems that the U.S. has you know, uh, with all of these mass shootings and stuff. We just we just stab each other, much more civilised. <laughs> Even that's limited, though, now. On what knives you can have, isn't it? Oh, yeah, you can't have... You, you're not allowed to have a knife in a public place unless it is under three inches of length and is non-fixed. So um, if it's a fixed blade, you're not allowed that. Um, but people still stab each other with kitchen knives. 
you know, or screwdrivers. That's our problem here is is gang crime with, you know, knives and stuff like that. We don't have shootings here. Mm. Our police aren't armed. Right. We don't, you know, a, a standard police officer isn't armed. You know, they, they, some of them now are in the bigger cities are given tasers and a baton. And then we have armed response vehicles with armed police in it. But, you know, we don't have armed armed officers here. Now, um, we've spent some time talking because you've came over here to go to SHOT Show for ATN. And one thing that I thought was extremely interesting, aside from the firearms laws there, was how you guys handle suppressors, or I believe you guys call them moderators, oh. right? Yeah, we call them moderators. Oh, I can have them like I can have. I've probably got if I had my gun covered now, you'd be sad because I've probably got twenty in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're they actually tell you off for not having them because it's for hearing protection. Right. I mean, you know, the whole thing about suppressors is it ain't like the movies where you put a suppressor on and it's silent. It's rubbish. Right. You know, it's absolute rubbish, but Hollywood has made them out to be, you know, okay, if you get a 300 blackout and you load it low, it, it sounds like a 2-2 rimfire subsonic, maybe. But you put, a, you know, you put a suppressor on a centerfire at full, you know, 4,000 feet per second, you're going to hear it. There's mm. no, you know, um, it's mad. I've, I've probably got, like I said, 20 Um and if you apply for a rifle and you forget to put a, you know, you forget to ask for a suppressor for it, then they'll, they'll say, hang on, you've forgotten your suppressor. Um, you know, and we, we pay for a rimfire suppressor, 50 bucks. Oh, wow. And for, a, you know, a, a really nice centerfire suppressor, 200. Um, well, that would and, be and nice. Got, yeah, yeah, but you've got ARs and other nice toys. Oh, yeah, I haven't got right. any of them. Yeah, we'll we're allowed started. straight pull. We're allowed straight pull, so obviously you, you shoot it and you pull it, and you know that's the only thing we're allowed. Really, now, was it, wasn't so we, there so, wasn't there something about how the suppressor is classified? If it's on a gun, it's classified different than if it's not, or something like that. Oh, if it's not on a gun, it's a metal tube. If it's on a gun, it's a suppressor. Okay. So. Um, when you apply for your licensing, you can buy two or three suppressors, but it only becomes a licensable item if it's fitted on a gun. So I can walk down the high street with it, swinging it around, and it's just a tube. Mm -hmm. But the moment I put it on a gun, then it becomes a firearm. The class it is a firearm. Okay. Um, only, be, uh, But they are talking about getting rid of that because it's extra paperwork. Because I don't know anybody that's been, well, apart from clubbing somebody's to death with one, <laughs> right. I don't know anybody put a centerfire around in it and, hit it and it's gone off you know um you know i mean it's one of the good things that we've got is that you know people do not shoot guns without suppressors here nobody the range guys might you know the long range thousand yard guys might do it on a military base because we've got a couple of um military ranges here that you can go to and shoot you know three three eights and that sort of thing um and they tend to use muzzle brakes but you know the hunting guys that all have suppressors all of them because so, we're in you know. when you were over here in the u.s did you go to any of the ranges and shoot any of the stuff here? uh oh no I, obviously i went to battlefield vegas and did a minigun because you've got to <laughs> um 
Yeah, but it's, it's you know, when we come to SHOT Show, it's quite depressing because 80% of the stuff you've got there, we can't have. It's like, you know, thank you for showing me all your toys, but I'm not allowed any of them. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I suppose if you, did, if you never had it, you don't miss it. You know, I'd love to go to the US and hog hunting with an AR. It'd just be, that'd be like Christmas. Well, to you guys, it's like an every day of the week. Get a hold of Shane. I'm sure he'd take you out. Oh, they keep saying it. I mean, I've been with AT. I've been with ATN now seven years or whatever it is, coming backwards and forwards to the US, the shot show and that. And every year we say, yeah, this year we're going to do it. You know, we're going to come, and we just never get round to it. Life just goes on, doesn't it? Yes, it does. If we had COVID in the world two years. Um, I should get in touch with Shane and come across with Scott and I'll come. We will come. It's just before I die, I'll come. Put it that way. <laughs> right. I've been over to South Africa a couple of times with Mano and shot um, African playing game and all that stuff. I did that. Uh, it's not that I like South Africans more than you guys. It's just that ATN decided to take us to South Africa one year, two years, I should say. So we went over there and shot a load of Impala and baboons and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I really would like to go hog hunting one time. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, on my bucket list for sure. Um because I see all the fun you guys have. Right. Mag dumping. Not that you can afford to mag dump now, <laughs> right. I would think. Well, that, that's getting questionable anymore. Yeah. I mean, even for us, you know, ammunition is becoming very expensive. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, expensive and, and hard to find. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the UK consumes one day's worth of ammunition in the US in a year. You know, we, we use nothing, um, especially now with all the trouble in the Ukraine and, you know, and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, we've got no real access because they're not going to supply us. They've got military contracts and um, Hornady, I think, delivering to the UK twice a year, um, three oh. or four containers. And that's enough to last us. That's not even a Walmart stock. You know, right. Walmart, <laughs> you know? Um, but we tend to, I mean, I, I, I home load some rounds and I, I buy factory for others, you know, it just depends what I want really. Um, our world is changing though, because we're about to have a lead ban. So the European union who we are no longer in, we left the EU has decided that hunting with lead is bad for the environment, blah, 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 the food chain and everything. So we've got a complete ban on lead coming in a couple of years time which is going to be a real problem for us because the only alternative is zinc or copper. And I don't know. Um, I, I went to a store the other day and looked at some lead free two, four, three. It was, let me think of uh, $110 a box. Wow. How, how can you shoot that? Right. You know, the, the average, um, I mean, I shoot 22 to 50 and two, four, three mostly. And twenty-two to fifty will cost me blah, 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 about thirty dollars a box. Well, it's almost doubled in price for lead-free. Mm -hmm. But the the irony of it is, you know, if you shoot copper like Barnes or you shoot something else, it's more toxic than lead. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and they're saying it's getting into the food chain. Um, it's it's crazy, but it's somebody in a European Parliament who knows nothing has decided that. You know, unless it's a stealth way of them getting rid of firearms, right? Because I don't know how you can shoot a two to two rimfire in lead free. 
There's only one bullet made by Hornady, and it's 20 grains, and it's supersonic. Mm. So it's going to be, they're like shotguns. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's a stealth way of reducing the number of firearms in the UK. I don't know. Especially if you're an air rifle shooter, because we're even um, really heavily legislated on air rifles. You're only allowed 12 foot pounds if it's non-licensed. And then if it's licensed, it, then you can have anything up to, you know, whatever foot poundage you want. But again, you have to jump through the same hoops to get a, 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 a more powerful air rifle. So, and if you're in Scotland, every air rifle is licensed, whether it be a, you know, spud gun or a FX impact running at 110 foot pound, they're all licensed up there. Hmm. It is becoming harder and harder here. Definitely. So here's a question I was thinking of. If hmm. You said you're limited on how much ammo you can have. How does that work for someone that hand loads? Are you limited on your components? Do you have to? No, it only becomes a countable item, if that's the right word, once you put a primer in it. Okay. So you can have 20,000 heads, you can have 20,000 primers, 20,000 of each component, but it only becomes an a, a round when you put a primer in it. So you could only theoretically load up to a certain amount. Like say you have- I can only load up to 200. If you have 100 rounds of I'm, I'm, I'm only allowed. Yeah, I'm only allowed to have in my possession 200 rounds of one particular caliber. So I can have 5,000 heads, 5,000 primers, but I only can have 200 that I've assembled. Okay. Um, you know, so, but for me, it doesn't really matter because I'm a fox shooter. So I'll go out and use three rounds in a night. So 200 for me is three months. Mm. You know, if you're a hog shooter in the US, that's just one of Shane's mag dumps, right. you know? Yeah, it's you know, it doesn't really affect me that much. It, it just becomes a nightmare because you have to know how much you've got all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you know, you can't go and just suddenly buy stuff and then think, shit, I've got 400 rounds of this. What am I going to do with it? Right. Because you would lose your license for it. Um, so it can be challenging, but I've, I've, it's never really affected me because of what I do. Um, but it is becoming more of an issue now with shortages because like you, we can't get primers. We can't get components to some degree and everybody is stockpiling because they're worried about the lead ban. Right. Um, you know, I had a friend that went out the other day and bought 10,000 air rifle pellets, you know, because he doesn't know what's going to happen in two years time. Um, so every, at the moment, everybody is stockpiling to some degree component wise scott for example you, you know um you know he's purely home loading and you know he's probably got three and a half thousand heads in one and this that and the other because he just doesn't know what's going to happen sure um it's, it's a real global nightmare right but it's the same for everybody though you know i mean it must be harder for you guys in the u.s because of the volumes of ammo that you use i mean we just don't use the ammo here right yeah it's it's a challenge for sure, because I mean, I've had a lot of people, you, know, you hear it all the time, people asking, hey, where can I find this? Where can I find that? And, yeah, you know, you have to be at the right store at the right time when they receive a shipment sometimes to get it. Otherwise, you have to try and find it online and find a place that has it online. But the big thing over here now is we have a rash of people that are trying to scam people. 
they will put an ad online saying they have ammunition in stock and they're only going to take cash app or some other oddball form of payment. Yeah. You send them money, you never get anything. So uh, you really we, we're not allowed to go nothing mail order. Okay. So you, can, so you can have heads mail order. You can have casing mail order, but you can't buy primers or powder. Mm. Um, but if you were to sell heads, for example, as a firearms dealer, you've only got to turn around to them and say they scammed me out of, I don't know, 200 bucks for heads and they'd lose their license. Mm. So it's quite trustworthy here. If you send them money, they will send you what you've, you've asked for, but we can't buy complete rounds in the mail. Okay. You have to go to a firearms dealer to buy it because you have to have the certification and they have to write it on your license and all that sort of thing. And there probably aren't a lot of there, there probably aren't a lot of those around, are there? No. No, not really. Um firearms dealer, I mean where I live, there's two within a fifty mile radius. So everybody goes to these two guys. Um, you know, there's probably only three or four hundred in the uk maybe wow. you know but we're we're a little island kev we're not very right. big you know I, people forget how small we actually are i talked to you an know. atf agent here at one point and asked him how many dealers were in my area and um just in muskegon county the county i'm in he said there was a hundred licensed dealers approximately that's just the county yeah, i'm we, in yeah, well, your gun culture is so much dif different to ours. <laughs> right. So, let's not go down that rabbit hole, eh? <laughs> I think you're in for some fun over the next few weeks, but it'll it'll blow over again. Right. Uh, you know, it's very sad what happened to those those kiddies in that school, but I don't see how they can resolve it for you. There's right. too many. I th I, I Wikipedia it the other day, you know, and it said that because somebody asked me and. Um, if you go into Wikipedia and it says how many guns are in the US, it says 120 per person population. That's some crazy amount of guns. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting too because have you ever heard of Knob Creek, the machine gun shoot over here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been down to that twice now, and it's the largest machine gun shoot in the country, and everything yeah. there is privately owned. And, yeah. you know, the full auto stuff is very expensive to buy. It's expensive to feed. Um, the process for it isn't terrible. It's the same. It's almost the same process it is for us to get a suppressor here. So it's not terrible. But the, the cost of anything full auto is just crazy because for the most part, it's a fixed supply. They don't allow any new manufacturing available to the public in general. So it was just cool though to go to that shoot and you can rent stuff there and use it and you know see everything shot yeah. from civil war era cannons all the way up to miniguns and you know you can go there and shoot it but it's all privately owned which i thought was pretty impressive you know um you have collectors out there that just have you know hundreds and then you have you know your average homeowner you know probably has one or two but yeah, some of those collectors make up for the other guys that only have one or two, that's for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll never get to that here. I mean, it, they're trying to reduce guns here. Um, 
like I said, when the Dunblane event happened, all handguns had to be surrendered the following day. Everybody. Mm. Um, lever release. We did ha- used to have lever release. So it was an AR, pull the trigger, flick a lever, and, you know, they got banned and they they got all taken away. Um, a lot of people here think that they want to, not that they want to completely disarm us, but, you know, there is delays on everything you know 18 months to change one rifle to another they're not doing it because of the paperwork right. they're doing it because they don't want us to have guns and unfortunately it's something we have to accept um maybe not in my lifetime but you know we will have no guns what a, what currently is your rifle of choice what brand um seiko, seiko. I, I, i've had custom rifles before um, and I like Seiko rifles. So I've got a Seiko 85 Carbon Wolf. Mm-hmm. I've got a Seiko 85 Carbon Light. I've got a Seiko S20. And then I've got like a, a, a two, two rim fire is Anschutz, which is German. Mm-hmm. So I've got Anschutz 17 and I've got an Anschutz 22. And then I've got a Leshy. I've got a Leshy 2, um, the semi auto air rifle. I don't think I've heard which of that is, one. Yeah, it's a Russian made machine so there won't be any more of them coming mm-hmm. um but there's a loophole in the uk legislation where you can have self-indexing so it, it the magazine indexes when you shoot it um in our gun laws it's not allowed to be shot from a chamber but this thing shoots from the magazine so it's a loophole huh um they will close the loophole so this leshy thing is 110 foot pounds so it's quite powerful two five cal and you can put eight rounds down range in under two seconds. It's awesome. And it's, it's break, you know, it's, it's it comes in two components. It comes apart and it's really cool. Um, but there's not many of them in the UK and they will legislate against it eventually. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough here. You, you, Americans would hate it here. <laughs> 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 you, you really wouldn't enjoy it. You'd like the suppressors, but you wouldn't like anything else. So that, that reminds me of another question. Is there any way that a non-UK resident can come over there and hunt? Like, let's say I wanted to come over there and shoot fox with you. Is there yeah, is there is, possible? Yes, because there is an estate. It's, it's, it's from many, many years ago when the posh and gentry people used to have, um, you know, they go on pheasant shooting and deer stuck and all that. It's called an estate gun. Where, but by as long as the licensed firearm holder is with you, you can shoot it. So you can happily come over here. You can use one of my rifles. I can put you in a stand. And as long as I'm with you, then you can happily shoot it. What you can't do is take it home with you or be on your own with it. Yeah, be one of those um, things. Right and we have, of, we have a lot of. Yeah, you have to stay on that property, etc. We have a lot of people, well, pre-covid a lot of americans would come over and shoot these chinese water deer teddy bear things um because it's quite a unique deer it's got fangs um have i ever shown you this i mean i know your 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 um your listeners can't see what i'm showing you but i'll show you one i shot you can probably describe it it's a skull of one i shot holy cow those are long what are those about four inches yeah yeah that's pretty so they cool. come and shoot them. 
It's pretty cool, yes, and they're unique. And uh, they come out of China, and there was a private collection here about 40, 50 years ago that was um, that got out, and they, you know, and now with the area that I live in, there's these things called Chinese water deer, and there's hundreds and hundreds of them, and people come from all over the world shooting them. Um, and my friend does that as a living. He, he's um, he just paid deer stalks and stuff. And he used to have a lot of Americans come over and shoot them because they are pretty unique. That is. Deer. Have you ever eaten one? Yeah, they're good eating. There's not a lot of meat on them. Yeah, you can take the back straps out of them and legs and stuff. But they're quite small. They're about the size of a, oh, a small dog. Mm -hmm. Maybe a bit bigger than a small dog. Yeah, they're not particularly big. Right. Um, Labrador is probably a good size. My favourite dog, by the sound of it. But yes, Labrador size probably. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been out and shot. I've been on culls with my friend, and we've shot 30, 40 in a night. Um, you can't shoot deer at night. That's another thing we're not allowed to do. It has to be one hour before dawn and one hour after dusk is. That's all you're allowed. Um, and we do have seasons for deer here. So you can shoot roe, bucks, does, whatever. There is that sort of thing. Um, but the little deer, um, monk jack, there's no season for those. Um, yeah, we're quite controlled on what we can. There's not a lot here, though. Like I keep saying, we're really people forget how small the UK is. Mm -hmm. And if you shoot, if you shoot everything, there's going to be nothing left. <laughs> right. So Which is what a lot of people do. They get their permissions and shoot everything. Are there any? Are there any restrictions on the other equipment you can use, like your optics or anything like that? Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Absolutely nothing. We can use what we want. We're not allowed to use bows. No bow hunting here. There's no bow uh, hunting? No, not allowed bow hunting. Because no. of the laws or because just no one wants to? <laughs> uh, we all want to, but they, they deem it not to be humane enough. Really? So, yeah, I mean, you know, even though, you know, you can get a hellishly powerful compound bow and make a right mess. Um, no spear hunting, no, nothing like that. No blowguns? Um, <laughs> no, not at all. Huh. No, a blowgun is classed as a section five, actually. That's 10 years in jail if you get caught with one of them. Wow. Yeah. So you don't have Our any firearms over there? Sorry? You don't have many ninjas over there, then. <laughs> no ninjas, no. No, no ninjas. I mean, you know, for us, I mean, I have to even think about things like if I'm in my car and the other half decides, decides to borrow the car and then take it to the supermarket to buy something and she gets stopped and there's live ammunition in the car, she could get two years in prison. Because it's not licensed to her. Yeah, yeah. So you have to think about stupid things like that, you know. Um you can't you can't physically leave your gun in a car without you um, when you transport your gun you have to have the bolt out of it the ammunition has to be in a separate part of the car you know all the sensible stuff that you think of um you know so you can get into a lot of trouble if you don't that's the cat sorry kevin he's talking to me yes i know hello cat um so yeah you can get into a lot of trouble very quickly if you've got the wrong thing with you Mm -hmm. um that's probably why we don't have the trouble that we do mm -hmm. um sure. I, speaking of cats i know that 
feral cats are a huge problem on Australia. Are you guys having any trouble with them there? Yeah, you can shoot feral cats. We have a thing called the general license, which is basically what you can shoot and what you can't shoot. And feral cats you can shoot, um, but you have to prove that it's a feral cat. But, that, you know, it, it'd just be the standard farm. The farm cats had a million kittens and, you know, the farmer said, look, can you, can you clear a few? Um, but it's not a massive problem here because okay. they, they've got nothing to eat. Right. Um, you know, and a lot of farmers want them on their farms to keep the rats down. So. Right. Because that is a big problem over there, isn't it? Oh, rat shooting is, yeah, massive here. It's massive. Because a lot of the people that go rat shooting are people without firearms licenses. So they buy a sub-12 spud gun and they go and shoot rats around. You know, you can have so much fun with, you know, a, a relatively low-powered air rifle on a, rat, on a cattle farm. Shoot hundreds of rats a night. It's probably the best fun you're ever going to have. I know I've seen You know, that. Neil, obviously, Neil shoots loads of rats. I was just going to say, like, I've, um, I've seen... He's got, like, a YouTube page. He's had, like, two million views. Yeah. <laughs> of him shooting. It's massive here. Uh, I but, suppose it's because it's so accessible. That's the thing, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and a lot of people here have chickens in their back garden and that sort of stuff, you know. Little, you know, they try and do all that sort of... Um, you know, and they'll, they'll shoot their rat, their rat, the rats in their back garden sort of thing. I've, I've never seen as many rats in a place before as I've seen on some of the videos from over there, both in thermal and night vision. Just Oh, <laughs> some of the best places are like rubbish dumps, you know, yeah. the waste recycling centers. I've, I've been to a couple and, you know, you're shooting like three, four hundred a night. Wow. You're running out of pellet. You know, it's mad. Um, they say here you're never more than a meter away from a rat. So, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> apparently so. Don't know. Wow. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I certainly enjoy going rat shooting, but as you know, Neil from up north, mm -hmm. that's all he does, and he just, he does some brilliant videos of him rat shooting, hundreds of them. Um, but yeah, it's good fun. We're we're quite limited on what we can shoot here. You can shoot birds here. You can shoot magpies, crows, um, pigeons. You can shoot obviously uh, that sort of thing but that's probably about it there's not a great species list that we've got that you can shoot but it's enough to keep us entertained and out of trouble for 10 minutes which is the main right. thing. <laughs> so for the people listening if you're ever interested in seeing some of the videos of uh, jason does or any of the other guys from the uk or wherever um you run the atn smart hd facebook page correct yeah that is yeah, an I set that up. Yeah, I set that up when ooh, eight years ago, maybe. I was one of the very early adopters of the first Excite. And as you do, if something doesn't work, you go onto Facebook and say, How does it work? And the page grew and grew and grew. And now there's something like 33,000 people on the page. It's massive. Um, but it's a, it's a page that's there to help people, really. You know, yes. Yeah. You know, you do need an element of there's a massive learning curve with all of these digital products. And um, there's a team of people, there's a, quite a few US guys on there. There's a guy in South Africa. And we sort of moderate it and help people along the way through the minefield of you have put the batteries in the right way around. You know, right. That sort of thing. 
Yeah, it's a really it's it's a really good resource for troubleshooting. Like you said, there's a lot of people on there that'll help. Another nice thing about it too is you get to see videos from really all over the world. People that have submitted yeah. their hunting videos through those optics on there. Um, I mean, then you see stuff from Africa, from the UK, um, the US. I mean, just all over the place. So I mean, you get to see quite a variety. Yeah, there's there's a yeah, there's a guy on there that shoots goats in Sweden, and, and there's a, one guy put some seal shooting on, and there's loads of stuff. It's a, it's a truly global group now. It kind of started off with the US and and uh, the UK, and now it's everywhere. Mm. It's it's great. There's a lot there's a lot of hog shooting. If you like hog shooting, Shane's always on there. <laughs> Shane and Sean, yep. Doing stuff, yeah. They 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 uh, mag dumping on there, which we find it quite funny. Right. It's a bit of rivalry between some of the administrators on that page because they all think we're silly because we can't have guns, and we all think they're silly because they've got too many guns. So it's you know, it's it's good rivalry, really. We're all good friends. Yeah. We meet up every year at Shot Show and uh, see what's new and exciting stuff, and uh, we've all become good friends. So one thing that is done is it's opened up the world to a lot of the guys on where you what you can shoot what you can do and good friends like yourself and shane and phil and nick and all that you know people that i would never have met before with similar interests really we've all got the same sort of interests we just shoot different things yeah. and i'm allowed to and you're not <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's for sure which is almost the standing joke and then uh, somebody like Shane will come back and say, yeah, but I'm allowed a semi-auto 308. And then he sort of wins the argument then, and I go and stalk a little bit because I'm not allowed. <laughs> right. Or his pistol. He's always telling me about his sidearm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'd love a pistol. I'd love one just because I could, but I'm never going to get one ever. Yeah, they Never, use them, ever. They use them quite a bit out there too. I mean, I went down and hunted with them twice now. And I mean, they use them quite often to, you know, they have suppressors on them and just makes that finishing shot, if you need it, a whole lot quieter and easier. Well, you wouldn't want to be close to one of them things, would you, if you got up and was angry? Um, no, you know, it's not. Not, that's one of the problems that we have here, you know, is because if you if you shoot a fox and you haven't really, you know, you've clipped it in the back end or something, I've got nothing to finish it off with. And you walk up to it and you're five yards away from it and you've got a 243 or a Creedmoor. It's not a nice thing having to shoot it into the floor. Right. You know, so they are quite lucky for lucky in that sense that they can use sidearms for that particular reason. Mm -hmm. um, we use ne hammers or something like that, or, or a scaffolding pole. Sounds a bit brutal, but right. I've, I've been to a fox before and I thought it's dead and it's got up and it's bit me. Really? On the boot. Yeah. Did yeah. it go through the boot? No, fortunately, they were steel toe cap boots at the time. Scott's been bitten before, um, you know, but yeah, I, I would love to have something to dispatch them with. And we do a lot of trapping here. We trap foxes, you know, if it's really? an urban fox and okay. we can't shoot it, how do you, how do you shoot it once yeah. you've trapped it? What do you do? You can't put a 243 through the cage, can you? Yeah. You know, but yeah. they won't have it. We'll, we'll never, ever have pistols here. Hmm. That's it. Don't even bother asking. Even vets struggle to get pistols really? for dispatching. You know, if they've got a horse that's broken a leg or something, they won't, they very rarely give them to vets and things. Um, they tend to use 410 shotguns and use that. 
Now, can they use a slug or does it have to be shot? Um, depends on the situation, really. We get, um, you can round here, we have, uh, because we have so few armed police here, you can get put onto a register where you'll, if you get a road traffic accident with an animal or something, you can go and dispatch them. But again, we tend to use four tens. Um, you know, it's it's very frustrating that you're not allowed a pistol and you have got a, a legitimately good reason for it. Mm. It's never going to change, I'm afraid. Never, ever. Now, do you guys run into any disease problems in your fox over there? I mean, is there... Uh, um, is there like we get a lot of mange? No, no, we get a lot of mange. Rabies, we don't get mm -hmm. um, because obviously our, we're an island and there's a lot of border control and that sort of thing. Mange is the biggest thing. Is that pretty Definitely. common? Yeah, yeah. And some of them, you are doing them a favour. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I've I've shot some really sad individuals that you know you you feel quite good that when you shot them. Right. Because they must have been suffering. Yeah, especially um, in the wintertime. Yeah, 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 you can get mange. Um, rabbits tend to have a thing called myxomatosis, which was a viral disease. And now there's another one, which I can't remember what it's called. Um, so our rabbit population sort of dropped off about three or four years ago, maybe more where they go blind and run around in circles and their eyes swell up and everything. It's like a it that was a disease horrible. that was introduced to try and control rabbits, but it was a really nasty, inhumane way of killing them. Um, you don't see that quite so much now, but you know, I when I first started shooting, you would go out and do fifty to hundred rabbits a night. Now I might be lucky if I see fifteen rabbits on some of the farms that I go to. Hmm. Um, it's just you know whether or not they've been overshot in the past or whatever. All this. Myxomatosis has dropped the numbers. Um, Do they yeah. allow any raptor hunting over there where you use the birds? Yeah, or? yeah, you're allowed to use. Yeah, I've got a friend who's got a goshawk. Uh, I've got another friend that's got an eagle owl, actually, uh, a golden eagle. Um, you're allowed to do that. They go to Scotland and hunt white rabbits with them, hares. Um, but yeah, you can use you can use raptors. That, yeah, that's, that's allowed. That's something I've always found fascinating. I mean, those birds are pretty darn effective at that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I've got a friend with a, like I said, he's got a goshawk and it's, I wouldn't want to be on the wrong side of it. <laughs> right. um, it's really impressive to see them go. Mm -hmm. um, but you are allowed to do that. They, they flush the rabbit with a dog and then obviously the raptor goes off and takes it out. Huh. Um, quite impressive. That's, that's quite common here. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think I'd have the patience to look after one. Right. I um, imagine it probably takes a fair amount of training, you know. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's a good friend, so he deer stalks, and he's got he's got two goshawks as well, and they use Harris hawks. They use a lot of the of the different species here, but they all tend to be imported. We haven't got any. We've got a few here that are native, but they're quite small, um, kestrels and things like that. Not very big raptors, huh. really. Yeah. Well, well thank you. you. Thank you very much for joining me today. No, it's my pleasure. Yeah, I mean, hopefully I'll see you before Vegas. Right. <laughs> it's coming around. It's May. Half the year's gone already, isn't it? Yeah, it's, time flies. The older you get, the faster it goes, too.
Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, obviously, we'll be back in Vegas again in January, I'm sure. Hopefully, with some new and exciting toys to play with. Yep. So they tell me on the jungle drums. Right. <laughs> um, so anyone coming. that wants to check out his content, uh, Jason Jones on Facebook and on the ATN Smart HD owners page. Um, a lot of good stuff out there from the UK from these guys. Um, there's you, Scott Peasland. Um, from the UK, is there anyone else from the UK that's in there? There's Neil, Neil Marsden. He's yep. the rat guy. If you want to watch some good rat videos, look for Neil. Yeah. Um, there's another guy called Charlton. Um, there's obviously Mano in yep. South Africa. Some of his videos are brilliant. Yep. Because obviously, in playing game and all that sort of stuff, he's got some really nice videos. Um, yeah, it's probably in in the Smart HD. There's probably about seven or eight really strong UK guys. Okay. That are posting stuff up if you're bored of watching hog shooting and come and shoot <laughs> right. very foxy right well i don't know it gets a bit boring doesn't it after a while it's nice to see what everybody else does around the world it's fascinating it is, it is. It's, you know i'd love to go coyote shooting that would be for me as a fox shooter shooting coyotes would be really good well if you ever get over here and you're around michigan you're always welcome yeah, yeah, absolutely. Same here. If you ever want to come and shoot a fluffy teddy bear deer, come over here. I've got plenty of them. We always say this, Kev, but we never get around to it, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, how the long? Of a, I remember you told me at Shot Show. How long of a flight is it for you to get from Vegas to the UK? Thirteen. Thirteen hours. Thirteen hours. Yeah. That's a long trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but on Tuesday, I'm going to South Korea, which is 15 hours. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, last week, I was in Melbourne, which was 28 hours. Holy so cow. So for me, the one... Yeah. And then how, many days weeks... it, how many days does it take you to recover from that one for the jet lag? I was only in, I was only in Australia for three days. Okay. And I flew back to the UK. So I was a walking zombie. Like until a time probably... traveler. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's just awful. Yeah, I mean... Now that COVID's kind of gone, I'm back to this crazy world of traveling again. So um, so I've got South Korea next week, and then I'm back for two weeks, and then I've got Japan. I'm off to Japan. And then I think after that, they're talking about, oh, where is it? They were talking about somewhere near Brazil, but I, I don't know, hopefully I won't go there. But I'm, yeah, it's all long haul at the moment. Um, so we'll see. So, Great. not some, it's good because this time of year there's not much hunting because it's too light. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't mind doing it in the summer. I don't want to get into my hunting in the winter, really. Right. Okay, thanks for inviting me on, Kev. I really appreciate it. It's good well, to see you. Thank you. Nice to know you well. And all right. So, Great. Thank, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, please subscribe. And um, if you have any feedback or questions, let us know. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thanks.